Welcome to Airdrop, the show that's going to help you understand what NFTs are, how they work, how to use them, and all that good stuff. I'm Rallyon, and I'm here with my buddy Phosphorus, and on today's episode, you're going to get to see our real faces and be disappointed. Yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, we are showing our real faces. Today, we're talking about our time at Bitcoin Unleashed. We hinted on the show a couple episodes back that we were going to be going to Bitcoin Unleashed. And with this episode, we want to share with you one of our panels that we hosted for the event. Right. And this panel was all about creative talent stacking strategies. And I'm not going to lie. When I first read that, when we uh, we got the invite to the event, I was like, I have no idea what this means. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's, a little, it's a little hard to understand. Basically, it just means like we all have multiple skills and talents that we just have as people. So a talent stack would be like, I am a musician and a story writer. So I'm going to write an album that is also a story and like using all of your different creative talents together. And that's, that's what a creative talent stack is. And then we just talked to a bunch of guys that run different marketplaces and services in the stacks ecosystem and talk to them about, Hey, if I've got these skills, how do I get them to market? How do I get my ideas, put all my talents together and get my ideas to market? Funny enough, we all have like two or three things that we're pretty good at. You know, we're either like really into sci-fi novels or board games or anime or throwing parties or skateboarding. And when you're looking for great NFT projects, it kind of requires us to find what what those things are and kind of put them together. You know, with like Project Indigo, we have like indie retro video games. Or Levi from of all nations has like travel photography. Bitcoin Badgers have like VR. All of these projects, they use NFTs as like a medium for people to buy in, but they they don't need NFTs in order to work. You know what I'm talking about? Like Levi can just sell photos on the street. Right. Project Indigo could just go make video games as an indie video game developer. But NFTs bring their projects to a whole nother level. Yeah. And I think those are all also really good examples of like people with several different skills, putting all of those skills together to make a project that's awesome and interesting for the audience. Anyway, <laughs> this panel was an AMA. So we got a lot of really cool questions from the audience, like Mark from Megapont was in the audience and he asked about, you know, how do, how do artists or smaller creators get discovered in the market when there's these massive PFP projects just like dominating the space, which I thought was a really good question. Such a good question. Somebody else asked what projects should people be looking for on Stacks and Jamil from STX NFT says that, you know, you can look at these very popular projects that you can search by trading volume, but there are so many good projects that are just up and coming that you should really just go explore, see what resonates and go there, which I thought was a great advice. Okay. So today we're going to talk about what kind of talents you need to start a great NFT project, things that smaller creators can do to put themselves out there and be discovered, and some great and innovative use cases for NFTs and a whole lot more. Make sure you follow Airdrop on Twitter at The Airdrop Show. Make sure you follow along on YouTube if you want to see what Rallyon actually looks like. If not, make sure you can, go to, you can go to Spotify and Apple and listen to us there. Also, please share this podcast with anybody you know that's NFT curious who just needs that little extra nudge to jump in the deep end with you. 
All right, that's enough out of us for right now. We really want to get straight to the panel, and so you guys can enjoy that and what they have to say. But if you want to hear some more of our thoughts about our time at Bitcoin Unleashed, stick around for the end of the episode, and you can hear it there. But for now, let's drop in. I know it's the end of the day. We've been watching all these really impressive, really like brainy talks and and we're all just like wore out, ready for happy hour. We're just gonna have a real easy conversation here. Um, and we're gonna talk about creative talent stacking. Does everyone, is everyone real clear on what that means? No. No, we weren't either, so that's okay. Um, basically, who in the room is trying to bring a product to market? in stats. <laughs> Fantastic. You're the guys we're talking to. You're the people we're talking to, okay? Um, we want to talk about using your unique gifts, yeah. putting them all together into an idea, a product, and then how do you make it sellable? How do you put it in the market? These are the guys that have the thing that's going to get that product to market. Does that make sense? You all with me? All right. All right, so my name is Phosphorus. This is Raoyan. We're the hosts of the Airdrop Show. And basically, we have these lovely gentlemen here. And we're going to ask, could you please introduce yourself and explain where you're from and what product or what problem your product solves? Sure. Uh, you guys can hear me? Okay. Uh, so my name is Gary Ryger. I'm with uh, Haylayer. I am their CTO, although I'm really more of a product guy and I have engineers that are way smarter than myself. Um, but yeah, we solve the problem of delivering NFTs for brands. So it's really NFT brand distribution. Um, and we'll, I'll be talking about that in a bit. That's basically Awesome. Thank you. Uh, what's up, guys? My name's Kyle. I'm the head of digital assets at Troika Media Group. Uh, we're one of the only publicly traded companies that's integrated with Stacks. Um, so we work with a lot of enterprise brands and help bridge the gap between Web 2 and Web 3. And uh, I focus a lot on asset-backed NFTs, whether it's whiskey or wine or gold uh, or right. luxury items, uh, and, and building a, a peg between an NFT and a physical item. So we work a lot with, with enterprise brands, and uh, I started ExchangeRedeem.com in 2018, and uh, we got acquired by Troika Media Group uh, last year. So uh, big on asset-backed NFTs. All right. Hi, everyone. I'm co-founder of Cycle. We are building the centralized blogging platform, and where NFTs come into the place that we use it as a funding mechanism for our company. And how we help NFT creators is we host newsletters about their projects. So, and uh, yeah, passing the ball to Daniel. <laughs> I'm Daniel, and most of you will know me as Plutus. I'm the co-founder of Byzantium. Uh, so Byzantium is an NFT marketplace and infrastructure platform. So we allow people to buy and sell NFTs, uh, but we also help support projects uh, by helping them launch, um, launch their NFT collections and also helping support them with technology as they build out their project. Cool. Uh, I'm Jamil, uh, founder of STX NFT. Uh, we're also an NFT-like platform marketplace uh, to buy, sell, trade NFTs. We offer a no-code mint platform as well, so you can just drag and drop your images, metadata, deploy an NFT smart contract that you actually own and control, um, and, uh, and focusing a lot on NFT infrastructure as well. Awesome. 
That's amazing. All right. Um, at the airdrop show, I don't know how many of you guys have seen our show. It doesn't matter. We're not the important people here. Nope. Um, we always ask the same question when we start a show, which is, can you explain what an NFT is in the simplest possible way with the least amount of words? Like, like you were talking to your mom or like your, your cousin's uh, kid that's in fourth grade or something like that. Like, how would you explain what an NFT is to somebody who has just no concept at all? Jamil, uh, you want to start? <laughs> yeah, let's uh -oh. go back. Let's go backwards. <laughs> All right. Well, I think to preface this, a lot of people try to make it, you know, uh, try to pigeonhole what an NFT is into like one specific category. Yeah. And the truth is actually really simple. An NFT is simply something that you own, right? It's something like a digital asset that you own. And from there, you know, if you add more words or try to make it too complex, you start to pigeonhole yourself into like, this is specifically what an NFT is. Right. But the truth is the things that you can build on top of decentralized asset ownership are so wide, like Kyle's working on, you know, asset backed things, you know, Pluto's launched and then launched like an art generative art collection. You know, Seigel launched a access pass to their, their, uh, their writing, decentralized writing platform. So I don't think anything that gets more specific than that really can, can explain the, the breadth of what NFTs can represent. All right, that makes it hard for everyone else to answer the question. Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> oh, I was just gonna say, I think that's a good point. Uh, people, you know, typically try to say it's a digital collectible, um, but it's it can really be anything. And so, it's, I like to think of it as it's just a, you know, a, a unique record of ownership. You own that, and it could reference anything. It could reference a digital asset or a physical asset, um, but you own that little digital record. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Uh, in my opinion, it's a digital collectible and it could be really anything that you can imagine being like a physical collectible thing, like you can collect toys in physical world and, uh, and uh, toys in the digital world. So, and toys for children and toys for adults are different, but in the end, it's like Ooh. toys. <laughs> Spice <laughs> for adults, let's go. Yeah, it's a, uh, NFTs are a digital asset that represent any real world item. Uh, it could be art, music, real estate, um, or gold or luxury items. Awesome. And I, I usually say, uh, I'm like, you know, what's the most valuable thing you have in the house? So it could be a diamond ring. It could be uh, a birth certificate. And I'm like, imagine that but for the internet. Mm. And you could track it. Woo! I would never lose my social security card ever again. <laughs> that's, that's good. So this panel is going to be an AMA. So if you have questions, we want to hear them. Yeah. Um, we can obviously ask as many questions as we want because we're full of questions, <laughs> but we want to open up the floor. If anybody has any questions, feel free, raise your hand. We've got mics and we'll give them to you. All right. Well, bam. We got one already. Awesome. <laughs> Let's go. Hey, guys. Uh, Akatak here. Um, quick question for actually everyone. Thoughts on uh, the gaming community and being integrated on stacks? Mm. What are the barriers that we are facing gaming gaming who wants it who's got it i think uh the obvious barrier that you might um find right away with stacks is just the speed um stacks prioritizes security over speed and um that's kind of it's tied to the bitcoin chain and that's why and so that's the obvious barrier but that's being worked on through app chains and hyper chains and you know, I think that will be solved. Um, 
But there is a lot of opportunity for, for that on stacks once we have that problem solved. Yeah, I think with, with gaming, there are several ways that people implement, like it, blockchain gaming is such a broad term. Like what does it actually mean? Is it, is it that the assets are, are on the blockchain? Is it that it's play to earn, that you earn income from that, from that asset? I think there's some that are more challenging to do on stacks, especially if you require fast transaction times. But I honestly feel like the biggest challenge is just bringing people in to build this stuff. Like anybody can, can do it, right? Like anybody in this room can start their own blockchain game built on stacks, right? Uh, regardless yeah. of whether you're a technical person, an artist, a game designer, I think it's just bringing more people and, and actually building something like the stacks DGENs people. They've done a great job of just, uh, you know, starting from scratch and shipping something, getting something out there that works, that's backed by digital ownership, that's play to earn. Um, and I think we, we I want to see more of that too. 100%. Yeah. All right. So you guys have access to see a lot of the projects that are coming through the space. What are like the most valuable talents and skills that you're seeing people bring into the space as founders, as project creators? What are those things that you're looking for from those teams that are like setting them apart? So uh, I think there's a big opportunity to bring domain expertise in areas that are not crypto into crypto. So real estate is an example. We're working with a client right now that's trying to create uh, NFTs for commercial real estate and residential real estate. So you can actually invest in the real estate market using Stacks NFTs. And none of that would be possible, no offense, with just us sitting up here. You need real estate experts. You need people that are that understand uh, mineral rights laws and, uh, and how to write into public uh, ordinances. And so I, I think bringing in that domain expertise and making them feel welcomed in the Stacks community is really important. Um, there's another client we're working with that has a, a well, just water well. And they're like, how can we monetize this? And one of the ideas we came up with was actually uh, having an NFT that represented a day pass to pull water from uh, the, the well. Right. And so we're seeing people with all these amazing assets and expertise and bringing them into the stacks community. We can come up with the crypto ideas, but we need people that have ideas in, in their industry and are willing to bridge that gap. Yeah. Creativity. I, I cool. think to, to add to that, we also need to focus on attracting developers uh, from, so to say, Web2 companies. Yeah. And just like be really good about advertising about the, all the endless opportunities that stacks, stacks really gives us. Because that's how Leo attracted me to the to join the whole community, and he said, "Yeah, the community is awesome. You should join and see what you can build together." And uh, here we are. On yeah, Stacks is awesome. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. And for me, ever since uh, I heard um, Patrick Stanley say "proof of hodl," I think it was a, like a couple of years ago or whatever. Uh, I always imagine like you have an NFT on your phone and you open a door and you walk into like a secret like bar or something in Miami. Ooh. So like for me, it's that. It's the unlockable. It's the utility. And I know it's coming. I'm just excited to see it. You know, that's awesome. I think as far as like skills that are that are most valuable, I think one of the most underrated is community building. Yeah. Um, you know, you might look at the N NFT and crypto space and think I can't get into it because I'm not technical, but. Uh, community building is one of the, by far and away, one of the most important aspects. Um, even if you have a great product in Web3 and crypto, you're not going to get very far unless you have a good community builder on your team or you are a good community builder. Yeah, I see, I see people 
especially who aren't familiar with crypto, they look at it and say, why is this JPEG selling for like a million dollars? Like, and, and I think it comes from a misunderstanding of what an NFT project is. Or like, people think that it's, you know, running a DAO or running an NFT project is like, it's different from running a company or it's different from, but to run a company, you need, you need a, a great team that comes from diverse backgrounds that handles, you know, different aspects. You need community, you need technical, you need leadership. Um, and running an NFT project is very much the same. You need a, a diverse and a strong set of skills that sort of come together. So I don't think we can say, you know, hey, we just need more, uh, more of this like one specific type of people. I think in an ecosystem where we're building it to really change the world, we need, uh, you know, a, a spectrum of people to be able to do that, right? Yeah, I love that because in Web two, it used to be build an audience, build an audience, build an audience. In Web three, it's how do we build community? Yeah, and literally everybody is needed for that. Right. So I, I I love everything that everyone has just said. Is there any questions anymore from any of you out here about NFTs? I saw a hand. It was probably just a stretch. No, he was stretching. <laughs> he was stretching. Faked us out. Oh yeah, we got one right got here. We got a few right up front. He looks familiar. Yeah, who is that guy? I think I've seen him before. <laughs> oh, no. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah. If you're a wonderful artist, how can you build a name in space amongst all of the PFP projects and collectible projects that dominate the marketplaces? <laughs> so there was a thread on Twitter last week where someone said, my, piece, my pieces aren't selling, I can't build a community because you don't want to build a roadmap around art. So what you do as a creator who doesn't want to build a roadmap, just wants to push up an art to make a name for yourself and stop the noise of collecting PFP projects. I am personally invested in this answer. So if anyone has a terrible answer, I'm going to bash you all over Twitter about it. Okay. So just be prepared. Um, okay. This isn't the only answer, but it's one answer. Um, so some of the brands that we work with, uh, Fortune 500 companies, a lot of them, it, it lowers the risk to enter the NFT space if they partner with diverse artists from underrepresented backgrounds, um, a charity, uh, and an IRL event, right? And so people like being in physical spaces. They like supporting underrepresented artists. They like supporting charities. And if you can put all those pieces together, I think you have a successful event, even if it's just one piece. But I think what, uh, what people are allergic to is feeling like the NFT drop is just a cash grab. But when you align yourself with a charity or a mission or a cause, it becomes more authentic from the beginning. Yeah. Because the first thing they're going to ask is, what's the point of this? Why are we here? What's the mission? So if you can define that first, then selling the art becomes a lot easier. So, that's that's good. good. I've got to give a shout out to Levi of All Nations yeah. on this one. Uh, he has been launching one-of-ones and small sets of amazing photography for the past several months on Stacks. And when he started, he, he launched with us and it just didn't go well. Uh, and they were awesome pieces. And uh, so we, we talked together about how, how we can help, you know, how, how he can build an audience for his, his work. And it's different when you have one-of-one pieces that are more collectible and you want to appreciate for the art. Because a lot of people in the NFT space, to be honest, are here because they're flipping flipping NFTs and making money. Um, and so they're not as sure if they can do that on these one-of-ones. Um, but Levi persisted uh, over time, kind of, he built a Discord group, didn't have a roadmap at first, 
came up with a roadmap. He didn't have to. Um, but really what he did was he... So he's an adventure photographer. And so what he did was he brought everyone along on this adventure with him. Kind of the next um, trip that he went on and took pictures, he was updating everyone in the Discord on uh, where he was and what he was doing. And so everyone felt like they were a part of that. And so then his next drop after that, after he had kind of done that work, bringing them into the, the, the story with them, uh, it sold out uh, very quickly. And he's had a one of one that launched the stacks NFT that uh, that sold well on an auction. Um, and I think that's part of how you do it is you you find a way to kind of build a community in a different way. Yeah, I think there there are two main issues, right? The first Daniel Daniel mentioned about I think a big reason why people invest in NFTs is because they feel like it's liquid, right? Like you can you can just sell it at the floor and you'll be able to get your money back or more. Right. And then the second is that I feel like we have this, this playbook of PFP project. It's like you need to do A, B, C, D, and you'll be successful. Right. Um, for one of ones, it's, it's not quite like you need to find the community aspect, but it, it doesn't fit in quite the same way, especially when you have a limited set of, of images, a limited set of things you need to do. I talked to this artist though at, uh, who's been very successful on Ethereum and photography. And she knows every single one of her collectors. Mm. She talks to them personally. She sends them prints. So it's not the same community engagement as in PFP projects, but it's still there. It's not like you can just release an image and hope that everything turns out, right? These people put a lot of work into making sure that their collectors have a personal connection with them and that they can, you know, uh, build their community in their own way that's like suitable to their art form. I think, in my opinion, to answer to this question, we as a community can do a better job of ampli amplifying the artists and just like really displaying the art in uh, some sort of meaningful way. And then from from their perspective, I guess I can suggest really to be really active about like showcasing your art. And uh, uh, so like two aspects, we need we as a community need to sell better one-on-one -on -one art and then they also need to like put in the effort because like, People want to have these meaningful interactions that Jamil mentioned before. That's what I, I was going to add. Like, Web3 is like a vibe, you know, and you got to put in the effort. Like, you can't just show up, throw your images up. Uh, first of all, people have come to us expecting us to do like all the work, which we, we'd love to, but having a marketplace is kind of some of the work. You know, like we have a place you can look at it, you can like browse, you can shop. Uh, they've got to commit the time. Like, so actually, like me and Ed is a good, great example because we, you know, we're collaborating with uh, Ed Frednet. He's a, he's an old friend of mine, uh, twenty plus years in the business, awards, and like twenty plus years of illustrating, and not necessarily everyone gives a shit, you know. Right. Um, but he cares, and I told him like you got to jump in. Like so, he spends time in all the Twitter spaces. He knows how ETH work. That's the only way to do it, in my opinion. And you know, you got to collaborate. Right. You got to collaborate. We got to have artists talking to marketplaces and saying like, hey, we need this. Like, we need to be able to put our stuff out there. So, yeah, really cool. yeah. yeah we, uh, marketplaces don't know what problems to solve unless the artists tell them this is the problem we're having. Exactly. And then the re-education comes in of like, actually, instead of just putting something out there, like what Daniel said, maybe go back and try to build a small community because yep. it's vulnerable to put yourself out there as an artist. And you're seeing all this big money being made on NFTs all over the internet. And you're like, maybe that can be me too. And you see a flop, that can be really disheartening. And so it is a way of building community, being vulnerable, and putting yourself out there again. And I think, I think we're going to see some big things. 
Is there any other questions? I saw another hand pop up. Got back there? Whoever wants to get the mic. Hello. Um, Hi. Who's built on other chains? I'm curious what are the interesting projects that I should know about on stacks and what made those projects <laughs> okay. quote unquote successful if I wanted to go into stacks? Like, what should I be thinking about? Great question. You just took one of my questions. Yeah. All right. What are the popular well, projects on stacks? I, I think by there's really the popular ones by trading volume, right? The ones that are like the PFP projects that are really, and of course, Mark from Megapod, who has one of the previous questions, about by far the most popular. There's also, uh, you know, Bitcoin monkeys. There was uh, one recent one that came out that, that uh, Daniel helped out with, with the, the Madstar whales. That, that's doing quite well right now. There's Satoshiables, which bridged on Ethereum. I don't want to leave anyone out. So, Explorer Guild. Yeah, <laughs> He's like, I'm right here. <laughs> but it's been here. But I think, I think what I... Um, there's a ton of great projects that are just just explore the marketplace. There are a ton of small projects as well that are just have great communities that have like I think that's the thing I love about Stacks is it's not just about the trading volume. It's about your your community and the people that are in it and uh, and the excitement that's generated around that. Like Nonish is one of them that I'm I'm, I'm I, I've found just been really impressed with the quality of their art and the quality of their community. For example, yeah, you should you should go look at the different projects on these marketplaces and then just go to the discords yeah the discords are great as someone who's collected on other chains as well uh it feels different in these communities than it does you know on ETH, where some of those discords just get crazy and you can't even keep up with who's there um you kind of have like your friends in these discords on stacks and so um they're really fun communities to be part of i think mark had mentioned this earlier that like when He's on the Ethereum discords. Everyone's trying to flip their way up to like a bigger and bigger project. And you don't really see that as much on Stacks. You know, it, it's, it's less about the speculation and more about the, the community building, which I really love about this ecosystem. I guess one, one interesting aspect that will show you how, how friendly the community is that like we have two marketplace founders sitting right next to each other <laughs> and sharing the same panel. So that's, uh, that's awesome. And then, yeah, <laughs> I think it's, you know, yeah, that's, anyone else want to say anything? I'll just say we're early, so get in, get in now. There's a lot, a lot of cool projects coming. And if you're interested, this is a complete pitch for our show Airdrop. We interview a lot of the projects on Stacks. So if you want to know more about them, you can go to our Twitter at Airdrop Show and learn all about it. We got one more in the back. One in the back. And we'll get you. Hello. Hi. What's up, fellas? What's up? Uh, thank you all for being here. This is super cool. You guys are on stage at the same time sharing your insights with us. So outside of Kyle's well example, I think that's really awesome, very unique. I'd love to hear from each one of you, perhaps either your personal favorite or a unique style or application of the NFT that's come across your radar. Because we're, we're in such a blue ocean right now, and I think with so many people being in different industries here, we can learn what's working for somebody else and apply it to our own. So I'd love to hear what's what you what either you found unique or you found interesting that others might find better. Yeah, just the most interesting thing you guys have seen happening on Stacks. I think so. We we tokenize like a Rolex and like um, Hermes bags and a lot of cool stuff from the Real Real, which is a luxury consignment store. And I think just taking these luxury items, putting them in vaults. Um, tokenizing them, allowing the ownership to trade uh, around the universe, 
and then managing just the um, the attestation reports, the audits, uh, and also the redemption process for those tokens, I think is really cool because it opens up the world to all assets that are physical. And if you are making a sculpture, you can tokenize that and turn it into an NFT and have physical custody of that item with a token that sits on top of it. And then when you burn that token, you get the physical item. And so that model, I think, can be applied to a lot of things, especially in the luxury items. You know, as you're saying, just anything that's of value in your house, you can put in a vault and build that that process around. But we're so early. It's just it, we need time to build this stuff. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm thinking in the year to come, we're going to see a lot of commodities to start like gold coins and old rare, you know, silver and things like that are all going to be tokenized and probably sitting on these exchanges, you know, within the next 12 months. Yeah, I, I, I actually, to be somewhat, um, you know, contrarian here, I feel like a lot of the interest, the, the, the use cases that I'm really interested, I think actually Ethereum has done a great job of promoting. I think there's a much wider variety of, of use cases that have been tried there. So in particular, the DAO-based ones, I find super interesting. So this project CityDAO did an NFT token fundraise to buy a parcel of land in Wyoming. Um, there was LinksDAO that raised money through an NFT sale to buy uh, a golf course as well. And I think this is like a perfect example of aligning incentives with a group of people, a group of community members to gain common ownership, but in a capitalistic, you know, market incentivized way, right? That not only gives you ownership over the thing that you're a member of, but also gives you governance rights and control over it as well. And I'd really love to see more of those DAO-based, um, you know, real world use cases, governance use cases come out on Stacks as well. I'll take... I think one of the most uh, one of the most interesting ones I've seen um, the use cases like community passes or access passes. Mark has one with Apes Together, um, and that's a very interesting one that kind of stems from the, the Stacks ecosystem. But it's on E. Um, Kevin Rose launched one called Proof that is um, basically just he. I mean, he's he's very popular in the tech world. He had a podcast, big following. And he released a NFT that was basically just going to give you access to a Discord group. Um, and he knew it was going to be a lot of interesting people, but that was about it. Um, but since then, he's really over-delivered on, on a ton of value, provided um, you know, access to really unique art from famous artists uh, that, that members could mint for very low prices. Um, but the most interesting thing about that to me is not necessarily that, just that one. It's a whole new monetization model for people who have big audiences or maybe not even that big of audiences. Um, podcasts are kind of notoriously hard to monetize. Um, and usually it's just a one-way conversation where you're hearing from the podcaster. So I've been listening to Kevin Rose for years now, but I never had a conversation with him or anybody else who listened to him. Um, but if I had one of these things, I could go basically and talk with all these people in this Discord group, and they've all been listening to the same person uh, for three years. So they're likely to have similar interests. So I think it's a it's a whole new model for kind of influencers, creators, people who have big audiences to to bring their super fans into a community. And for us, maybe we use the NFTs as a fundraising mechanism for our startup and just tying it together later on with the actual business. And uh, that's, I think that that has been one of our exciting like use cases and uh, have had 
many people to come up and like ask me like uh, how did it work and like uh, what kind of aspects you need to work on. So it's uh, like cha completely changing the game, but like kind of raising the money with something like with from community and then also giving community tra immediately tradable asset that can, they can decide to trade away or wait for the platform to be built and then utilize their uh, utilize their like premium features for for free. Yeah, and I would just say, um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Xchain, but I think they have a really cool use case, uh, you know, of storing biospecimens on the blockchain, which is as non-fungible as you get, I guess. Cool. So, yeah, that is very non-fungible. We have one more question <laughs> over here. Yes, thank you. Uh, awesome panel. We're really um, blessed with so much talent in the ecosystem. So I had a question, I think you kind of mentioned it maybe... Uh, about uh, incentivizing uh, behavior from the community, like the NFT as a reward for actually performing certain defined actions. Uh, so I remember actually when I was six years old, I was learning to read. I was actually learning to read in French and English at the same time. And in my English school, every time I was reading a little passage, I was sticking a little sticker every time. So. We can we could imagine um, this maybe for, for scholars and in collaborative learning, people who uh, actually give feedback to others, people who mentor others, uh, can can be rewarded with a, a, an NFT and, and often unlock a, um, um, maybe a mini grant or something like this. Or another example, like Xverse rewards you for coming here. You just go and you scan the QR code and you get a free NFT. So I'm, I'm wondering, what are other use cases um, that does this, that the community is, is actually engaged into do, in being incentivized to do something? I'll, I'll share a quick one. Yeah, I think like sports is really good for this. Uh, you know, we talked about like the Olympics, for example, right? But like that marathon clock, that world, like we would like an atomic clock. Like we would want a clock that can then say, this is the time. You've got the award, you know, you got your gold medal, put it on the blockchain. So I think like for me, sports is definitely a win for that. Yeah. Anybody else? I think one of the, the interesting things about rewarding the community is it doesn't even need to be like airdropping an NFT or sending sending someone something. I think the great thing about this incentive structure is that by owning an NFT, you have like ownership in the success of the project. So if the project or the artist gets more more successful, more, you you benefit by default, right? It's not like you need to get a handout or anything like that. You grow with the community. Yeah. And I think this is very different from the Web2 world where early users, early supporters, you bought an artist CD early on, you don't really see the benefit from it, right? But now it's like, it's perfectly aligned. Gosh, all right, Web3 just gets me so excited. <laughs> um, but that, our time is up. I just want to say thank you, everybody, for coming. So now, rally on. Enough, yes. from, our, enough from our panelists. Um, how are your two days in Miami at Bitcoin Unleashed with the Stacks fam? Oh, man. It was so great. I mean, it was so fun getting to meet everybody and see everybody in real life and, um, you know, see the, the true faces of people we only knew on the internet and get to know some new people that we didn't even know on the internet. You know, um, that was my favorite part was just getting to 
connect with the human beings in the stacks ecosystem. Uh, it's so easy to just have people be a PFP on Twitter or a name in Discord, but to get to share a meal and share a drink, that was that was really fun. Also, we might have shared too many drinks. <laughs> we partied way too hard. I'm getting way too old for for this, but it was it was an awesome time. It was a, it was a great time. I loved it. There is something, yeah, there is something to be said about sitting across a a table with a meal, even with people you don't know, but we're all talking about the same thing. And it's funny how quickly you can become friends with these people. Oh, for sure. There's a, there's a couple people that, you know, we just in like met them in real life in Miami. And I'm like, these are my buds. Like, these are my friends. Like I consider these people actually my friends now because we, we shared something. I'm getting a little philosophical, but it's true. Uh, that's how I actually feel. And and when you're in those conversations and you're like, oh, I'll have another beer, especially when there's an open bar at some party promoting <laughs> something, it's easy definitely to have one too many drinks because you're just in conversation about the thing you're passionate about, which happens to be NFTs or stacks or the blockchain. How do we get... It's always the same questions. How do we get more people on? What can we do to attract more people? What What new thing can be added to the marketplace and you get all these people in a room and it's crazy how fast the ideas fly. Yep. If you saw us at Bitcoin Unleashed, hi, good to hear you, <laughs> see you, talk to you again. Working in NFTs and blockchain is so such an international experience, right? We have people from all over the world. So it was such a privilege to be able to hang out with all of you and be in one room or on one rooftop bar and just to talk and be together. And I think that is definitely something that we want to uh, do more of in the future. If you want to hear more from us, we, the easiest way is obviously on Twitter at airdrop show. We're posting stuff, talking things, doing all the stuff. We want to hear from you um, because we don't want this to just be a one-way conversation. We We want this to be a two way conversation And uh, yeah, we look forward to hearing from you. And remember, tigers love pepper, but they hate cinnamon. (laughs) Don't you worry, little strappy head. Tonight is dreaming.